Welcome to Tap the Craft, an informational podcast about craft beer, targeting the everyday beer drinker. My name is Denny Luce, and joining me tonight is my co-host and drinking buddy, John Ream. How you doing tonight, John? Excellent. About to enter two weeks of pseudo-vacation as we welcome the next member of our family, so we've got one day of work left, and I'm ecstatic. Wow. <laughs> nice. So, uh, so tomorrow, Monday, Monday morning is your last day for two weeks? Yeah. Oh, whew. That's going to be, well, it's going to be fun and exciting and new, like the love boat, but the baby boat. Yeah. And exhausting. <laughs> it's going to be the complete opposite of rest and relaxation, but, uh, it'll be good. It sounds good. I, I, uh, I, I went through a, a two week period of exhaustion too, but not quite the same, same thing. But we'll talk about that in a minute, but, uh, but Hey, before we get too far into our little banter, let's go ahead and tell the listeners what they're listening to. And you're, you're listening to uh, Tap the Craft, which is a craft beer enthusiast podcast by two craft beer enthusiasts, myself and John. Uh, we are craft beer enthusiasts, meaning we enjoy talking about, learning about, and drinking craft beer. And we want to help spread the good word of craft beer to everyone and, and have everyone start to, to join in on the craft beer hobby. And that's why we have this podcast, uh, to help you learn about craft beer. And we're going to talk to you guys about craft beer in simple, easy terms, layman's terms, so that you know it's easy for everyone to understand what we're talking about. And we uh, we also we encourage our listeners to write into the show or to email us uh, either through Twitter or email address, so that you know provide us your experiences, provide us any questions you might have, so we can answer them on the show. And we also we, we can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio, and we. Uh, encourage our listeners to go ahead and take a few minutes. If you enjoy what you what you're hearing, then uh, just write a quick little uh, iTunes review. Uh, that just helps promote the show within iTunes and get more people able to, you know, to to find our show and and learn about craft beer along with you. And uh, this is episode 13, and we're recording it on January 18th, 2015. And in this episode, we're going to discuss the brewing process. You know, we've been talking about this craft beer for now 13 episodes, and uh, we don't want to assume that everyone understands how beer is brewed. So John has taken it upon himself to go ahead and educate you guys on the brewing process. So everyone be up to speed when we talk about certain parts of of the process. You'll know what it is. And we also have our listener participation tasting notes on the Deschutes Black Butte Porter. So, hey, please, don't forget, if you haven't gone and picked up your Black Butte, you still have time. You've probably got at least 20 minutes before we're to that section. So go ahead and drive on down to the store and grab some so that you can be ready in about 20 minutes. And, uh, hey, John, you know what? Uh, we're a craft beer show, and we should probably be drinking some craft beer. So uh, are you drinking anything tonight? I am not drinking craft beer tonight. Uh, I am drinking some homebrew though. Okay. Um, sticking with the porter theme, and I'm drinking my Nutbuster peanut butter porter uh, that I brewed up uh, about a month and a half ago. Okay, is it good? It is getting very good, actually. When we we had the first tasting of this, uh, there wasn't a lot of peanut butter coming through. You could kind of smell it in a little bit in the finish, but it's getting much stronger. Uh, the aroma is definitely peanut butter. You're actually getting it in the middle. So this mm. is kind of rounding into form of what we were hoping it would be uh, when we first kind of conceptualized this beer. 
Well, nice. It sound, I mean, it sounds interesting. I, I, I need to come try that one. <laughs> Although I don't want my nuts busted, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah, I also took some of this and I'm aging it on uh, some Concord grapes for kind of peanut butter, butter and jelly. Oh, wow. So uh, when we tried that one, it, it tasted better early. Um, so we'll see how that one is. I haven't cracked into it yet since then. Man, that's... Yeah, sounds pretty interesting. I I like where you're going with all these uh, homebrew choices you've been making. Now, this is a collaboration you did with someone else or on your own? I brewed this with my friend Wes, uh, who listens to the show, and um, he's chimed in a couple of times with some feedback for us. So he, okay. he was the one that came up with the idea, and then we, we figured it out. So, All right. So he's a homebrewer, too? Uh, occasionally he travels a lot for work, so he's not able to as much as he'd like, but when he can, he does. Now he just, uh, uses my stuff. Ah, yes. (laughs) Okay. Well, you you know what? He has a good, uh, kit to work with (laughs) or set up. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I'm I'm not drinking something as fancy as you. I'm just drinking the, the same beer will be. We'll be tasting, doing tasting notes on my the old Deschutes Black Butte Porter. Uh, I bought a 12 pack of this today, and uh, I think I'm th- uh, through with six of them. Uh, so along with this, along with the jet lag that I'm suffering from, uh, it's going to be one of those odd shows. I'm sure you, everyone's probably hearing me uh, sound a little bit off of my game, and that's because uh, I just got back from Israel. Two weeks in Israel uh, for business, uh, business uh, with the evenings as pleasure. That's you know I I work during the day and I have fun at night, and I just wanted to, you know before we get started into the show, I just wanted to kind of talk about at least one of the experiences I had, and uh, it was actually it was kind of it, it occurred in a couple ways. One one thing is last time I was in Israel, I wanted to go to the Dancing Camel Brewery in Tel Aviv, and when I you know. I tried to go there with some friends, and all, all my Israeli friends said, no, 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 that's the bad part of Tel Aviv. It's like the south side of Tel Aviv. And I said, no, you don't want to go there. And I was like, okay, so we didn't go. Well, this time, I actually stayed at a hotel that was kind of you know within a, a, a mile from the, the brewery. So I went ahead and walked this by myself this time because, no again, no one wanted to go to the south Tel Aviv, like, you know, kind of the run-down area. But I walked, and I went to the Dancing Camel, and I wanted to try their beers. And you know, we we've talked about the the craft beer and uh, craft brewery environment, and how both John and I really enjoy the camaraderie and the closeness, the social aspect of drinking craft beer. And for the most part, everywhere I go, I you know I feel that I, you know I usually feel that that camaraderie. And I have to admit, I walked into the Dancing Camel. Uh, and it's a nice, a nice place, pretty, you know, pretty nice. And I, you know, talked to the bartender, ordered up my, uh, they had uh, a sampler of eight, eight beers that they had on tap. And these are nice pours. They're like five or six ounce pours. They're pretty decent pours. But, uh, and I ordered some food and I went to drinking, but you know what? The bartender, she pretty much didn't say but two words to me i thought well that's kind of odd i tried to strike up a conversation and didn't want to have any of that and then people started walking in and they would look at me the american and then they would walk around to the other side of the bar i mean i'm not kidding you i was there for an hour 
And in that time, I was the only person sitting on one side of the bar. On the other side of the bar, there was like 20 people. And these people didn't know each other. They were just over there because they'd walk in, they'd kind of look at me and then walk over to the other side. I'll tell you what, I never felt like I was so, uh, you know, I don't know what the word I'm having trouble with, but but like I I was, what was that? Ostracized. Ostracized, yeah, where I I just I felt like I didn't belong. And then all of a sudden I get a uh, an untapped message or a comment from one of the guys. So this is the second week I was in Israel. And the first week I was drinking and I be, got a friend request from a local Israeli craft brewer. And he he said, hey, you should come try our beer. And I, but, you know, by the time I, I saw his message, it was already the weekend and they were closed on, on Saturday. And so I wasn't able to make it there. I said, oh, I, I, I don't know if I'll be able to make it to the, to the brewery before I leave, but you know, maybe we'll get together at a bar. Well, he saw me check into Dancing Camel, and he left me another message saying, hey, are you going to be there for a while? And I, I commented back saying, yeah, I'll, I'll wait for you. So I'm waiting for him. Now two hours have gone by, and I've just about had enough of this bar. Now there's like 30 people in there, and nobody is sitting next to me. And uh, and and the guy uh, Ariel is his name. He he hadn't showed up yet. I'm like, you know what? I'm thinking about just leaving. I've had by this time I've had the eight samplers. I had two more pints of of what I enjoyed, and it just it wasn't getting any better. And then all of a sudden, another guy comes walking in. This guy is is also not a local. He is from South Africa, and he came in just to buy a T-shirt. Well, guess what? They had no T-shirts. So then he decided he he'd buy a glass. Well, it. They weren't going to sell him a glass. So the glasses are only for locals who drink 100 beers. And he's like, 100 beers? I said, I can't drink 100 beers in you know, one night. Come on, just you know, let me buy a glass. And we finally coerced the bartender to let us you know, get a glass. And then as we were sitting there chatting, uh, he, he was just going to leave. I said, well, you can't leave without actually tasting the beer. And he says, yeah, you're right. And I said, so I, I convinced him to actually have the eight sampler. So he was going to go from having no beer to drinking eight beers. Well, then we started talking and chatting, and another hour goes by, and we're having, we're having a good time. All of a sudden, it's it's getting it's starting to get late, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to head back to the hotel. Ariel hasn't or Ariel hasn't come, uh, you know, hasn't come in yet. And all of a sudden, we're, we're getting ready to maybe head out, and in in, he, and in comes Ariel, and he brings six bottled beers from his brewery. And sits down, and we just start talking, drinking beer, and you know what? The party started, really. You know, as soon as the South African guy, James, came in, I started having fun. And then when Ariel came in, it just, I mean, we, we stayed another two hours. And, uh, wow, I mean, really had a, a great time tasting some really, really good uh, craft beer from Hadabim Brewery and just outside of Tel Aviv. So... I just wanted to talk about that experience. This is not the typical experience when I've gone drinking in Israel. Typically, it's a fun time. There's, you know, talking. Usually when, you know, most people, you know, they're friendly and stuff. This one, this bar or brewery seemed to be like one of those local corner bar, uh, you know, for locals only type thing is what it felt like. And if you're a stranger, they, it, you know, didn't feel like you were really welcome to drink there which is is really sad but uh, but hey you know what another local came in and he made the experience uh, so much better so i really appreciate that so 
that was my story. Did you do anything fun while I was gone for the last two weeks? Uh, yeah, I did. I watched a national championship game. That was amazing. Ah, um, yeah. I haven't seen that. I, I saw the result. <laughs> um, you know, oh, well, hey, congratulations. I'm not a store loser at all. I don't, you know what, I don't even care that the Ducks lost because I enjoyed, you know, getting, you know, their trip up to that point. I thought it was a fun season. And you know what, there's always next season. So, uh, but hey, it was a good, good win for Ohio State. And I really applaud uh, Urban Meyer for his coaching to be able to, you know, bring that team up to the level that they're at. And yeah, they did well. Go Buckeyes. Yeah, it, it was it was fun to watch and um watching I, I haven't seen a lot of Mariota even being on the West Coast as I don't tune into a lot of Pac twelve games even. Um but watching him work, I mean, is is really fun. He just sits back there and can just pick you apart. Mm. Um but uh yeah, I, overall I was pleased with the result. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and now you've got, uh, not that you're a Seahawks fan, but the Seahawks are going to Super Bowl. We just saw that today, along with the New England Patriots, uh, which is a game that, you know, I, I'm not looking forward to the Super Bowl at all because I don't like either team. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. I, I was hoping that Green Bay was going to go, and, and, and it looked like they were going to go until until the, the last few minutes of the game, five minutes of the game, when when the Seahawks made an incredible comeback. So, all right. Well, hey, uh, let's get into the meat of the show. And uh, we're going to start our Brew Buzz segment. And the Brew Buzz segment is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics. And this week, we're going to discuss the beer brewing process. So, John, since you are the beer brewer, why don't you go ahead and start us off on the, on the brewing process? Sure. So we wanted to do this uh, topic because, you know, a lot of times when you know where something comes from, it makes it easier to understand it. So hopefully touching a lot of these basics here will kind of give people an idea of what's going on um, and maybe get a little more appreciation out of their beer. So, you know, there's there's four main ingredients that go into beer, uh, you know, malt, hops, yeast, and water. So when you when you start making beer, you start off with the malt. So the you've got barley, and this this grain is it's made up of two parts. It, there's the the outer husk that's really hard, and then uh, the inside is is real is made of starch. It's called the endosperm. And you, the brewers want the inside of the grain. They want that that starch because that's what they can turn into sugar. Uh, which in turn feeds the yeast to make alcohol, which we all want. Mm-hmm. So um, the first step that they'll they'll do is they'll crush the grain uh, just enough to break open that husk and expose that starchy interior. They don't want to you know shred it because that husk is going to act as a natural filter later on um, in the next step, which is the mash. Okay, wait before we get to the mash. So these grains, these are these are the malts uh, or wheat or, I mean, what, what kind of grains can you have uh, in the beer, you know, that you can make beer out of it, that you typically make beer? So, yeah, typical things will be barley, wheat, and rye. Okay. Um, you know, like an oatmeal stout uh, will use uh, oatmeal, but that's kind of processed in a different way. 
Um, it doesn't generally require require being crushed at all. You can just add it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other three, uh, barley, wheat, and rye, all need to be crushed. Okay. Um, although uh, wheat doesn't actually have a, a husk. Um, you just have to crack open the interior. Um, but because of that, you have to add other things like um, rice hulls or something to act as that husk. Oh, um, really? In the beer. Otherwise, you can't. Uh, it'll, it'll just get really gummy, and you won't be able to get any liquid through it. Okay. So. Oh, good. Interesting. All right. So, yeah, we, we'll take our crushed grain, and we'll mix it in with uh, really hot water, and we want to make keep that mixture at around 150 degrees. Um, so there's enzymes that are present in the grains, and these enzymes are you know activated and deactivated depending on the temperature. So around 150, we get these enzymes working efficiently in a manner to get us our sugar. Um, so uh, there's there's a range of temperatures that work here, and um, the the lower a temperature, the more fermentable the sugar is going to be. So like 148. Uh, something like that, you're going to get something that's going to ferment out and that'll end up giving you a really thin body. Mm. Um, then kind of in the middle, like 152, kind of medium. Um, you know, most beers are, are matched in around this temperature, just kind of middle of the road. And then higher, like 154 to 156, uh, you get um, sugars that aren't fermentable. Basically, yeast can't consume them um the the way that their their the sugar chains are constructed at the you know molecular level these can't break that down um so that's where you get your your stouts and porters and beers that have that really thick mouthfeel mm-hmm. um that's a result of leftover sugar chains that can't be broken down so those beers are mashed at a higher temperature okay that to finish off your mash, you you sparge, um, and it's it's like the dirtiest sounding process in <laughs> pretty much any hobby I've ever come across. I mean, walk up to somebody and tell them you're going to sparge their mash and just mm-hmm. watch the reaction on their face. It's yeah, not going to be yeah, uh, yeah. favorable. Once you've mashed for about an hour, you know, let those enzymes work. You're going to sparge, which is really just a fancy word for rinsing the grain. Mm. Um, so you're going to run water through the mash to kind of collect up all that sugar. Now you have wort, which is sugar water um, or, you know, just unfermented beer. I mean, it's really sweet if you ever taste it. Um, some people don't like it at all just because of how sweet it is. Um, but all that sugar is what we need. So we, we want this this wort that has very concentrated amounts of sugar in it so that we can make our delicious beer. Okay. Now the sp- sparging. So in the mash, we we use a certain amount of water, and then when you sparge, you said you're adding more water. So, you, it, it if you know in the homebrew process and in the beer making process, there's a. I mean, you're gonna you, you know exactly how much water you need to start with, and then how much you need to add to sparge it to get your end result. Or do you just put more water into the to the mash for the sparge and only take out what you need for the boil. How does that work? 
No, you you can calculate what you need. Um, if you put in too much water to sparge, you you risk uh, thinning it out too much. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So then you you wouldn't collect as much of the sugar because it'd be partially stuck back in your mash tun with all the water that you put in there. Okay. So so is there a percentage about what you you sparge with? Like you know what the percentage of the the total amount of the wort you need. I mean, how do you figure that out? I mean, what like when you make a home brew of, of five gallons, how much how much water do you use in the mash, uh, and then how much water do you use in the sparge? Do you generally in general? So uh, the amount of water I use in the mash kind of depends on how much grain I'm using. Because mm. if it's if you had too much grain and too little water, it's going to be too thick, and you mm-hmm. can't really work with it. Um, and then I, to be honest, use software that just tells me how much I should spark with, because <laughs> um, that's easier. Um, I'm sure I could dig up what the calculation is for it, but uh, okay. So it's so it really, usually, it's, it's you know, not you're kind set. Of, okay, you're you're kind of accounting for okay. What what do I want in the end? And you know, when I start my boil, I have to have so many gallons of water. So. Uh, you know, if I work backwards, how much grain do I have to have? So that's going to give me how much water I have to have, you know, and then I can sparge the rest of it out kind okay. of deal. Um, usually it's around one-to-one master sparge, but depending, on, it can shift a little bit either way. Okay, yeah. Um, I've never seen it as high as like two-to-one either way. Okay, so. okay, so about 50-50-ish. That's all I wanted to I was just kind of curious just for my own... Because I remember when we did ours, I don't remember what we what we did. I knew I knew that we uh, we we added so much water to get up to a certain you know level, like two more gallons or whatever. I, I can't remember what we we added, but I was just curious if there was like a a roundabout thing. So about fifty percent is what I'll keep in the back of my head. <laughs> yeah, back of the napkin. I guess that'd work out. Okay. Know? Okay. <laughs> All right. So then, what happens after you have your, you have all your uh, your wart? So we we we're sparging, and as we're sparging, we're you know moving all this wort over into our our boil kettle, um, which at a homebrew level is an actual kettle, and at a a brewery it's just like an enormous vat with you know huge um, either boiler to run steam or really big burners to to heat you know uh this enormous amount of liquid anywhere from uh let's see like 200 gallons to you know 2,000 gallons even larger than that at at a time um and uh when when we're boiling we're really doing two different things uh we're sanitizing the wort and we're adding bitterness with with the hops so we, we've got two of our ingredients already in here. We've got our water, we've got our malt, and now we're going to add our hops. The sanitization is is kind of the, the big thing coming into this, though, because, you know, we've, we talk about these enzymes that are with the grain that give us our sugar, uh, but also with the grain is bacteria. And that bacteria can sour the beers, and there are certain beers that are actually soured with grain. Hmm. Um, some, like Berliner Weiss, type beers are actually soured with grain because um, the, the bacteria that's on there is, is what's used in a blender vice to get that sour character. Um, so they just kind of do it naturally that way. 
Um, but boiling this wort is going to kill any of the bacteria that may have been there. Um, you know, it, nothing's going to survive that boil. So um, that's it's a really important part that that has to happen. Otherwise, you don't you're not in control of your beer anymore. It's whatever was in the grain or in the air, you know, is going to affect the flavor and the aroma. Um, but now that we've killed all that nasty bacteria, we want we want to get our our hops in there, get our bitterness. Um, so the high the high temperatures in the boil um, are are there to develop that bitterness, um, and to a certain extent, flavor and aroma. Although the high temperature actually will diminish that flavor and aroma if it's if hops are in there too long. Um, but when you add hops. They, hops have something in them called alpha acids. It's, it's a percentage of the oils that are in there that are basically able to convert into bitterness. And the the high temperatures uh, do a process called isomerization, which is what creates that bitterness and kind of, um, uh, I don't know, kind of solidifies it, that acid, makes it stable, I guess, to, to stay in the, in the, in the wort and and create that bitterness. Um, so I, I mentioned that if you have have the hops in too long, you, you lose that flavor and aroma, but you also gain more bitterness. So the longer hops are in the boil, the more bitterness you're going to get. And um, so that would be done early in the boil, and hops added later in the boil are going to give you more flavor and aroma and less bitterness. That makes sense. So I had to butt my whistle there with some porter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so so once we've boiled we need to chill it down um we we need to chill because if we try to add our yeast right now it would die just just the same as any of the bacteria that was in there it can't stand that that high temperature um so we'll in a, in a brewery, the, the wort's going to be chilled with a heat exchanger and some cold water or a glycol cooling system in, in, in exchange with that heat exchanger. Um, and it's going to be transferred to the, to the fermenter. And when they, when they use the cold water, a lot of breweries actually will recycle uh, that chilling water and use it in the next batch of beer. Because hmm. um, it's not coming into contact with the beer. It's not touching anything that makes it you know, unusable, um, they'll either, so they can capture that and use it in the next batch or maybe in the cleaning process, they can use that to clean or rinse, um, when they have to clean out the, the different vessels. Um, and that, that's a big deal for a lot of these breweries because it takes a lot of water to produce, you know, just a, a gallon of beer. I've seen estimates as like seven to one. Oh, wow. Um, in in terms of, of uh you know what what you start with and what you get out so um you know conservation is, is a big deal uh especially you know when water can be a scarce resource once we we've chilled it down we've got it in our fermenter we can add the yeast and once we add the yeast it is officially beer mm. um now, the second you add the yeast, it's not delicious beer. It basically tastes exactly <laughs> like the wort with a little yeast added in. Um, so we want to we want to give that time to ferment, and you know during that ferment, the the yeast is eating those sugars and pooping out 
alcohol and CO2. Uh, so that's where you can get your carbonation if a beer is bottle conditioned. That means they're, they're adding a little bit of sugar and yeast back into that beer, into the bottle, and that's how it's carbonated. It The yeast is actually consuming the sugar that's left in there, creating CO2 to, to carbonate that bottle. Um, so in, in the fermenter, though, this the beer is going to stay there for anywhere from three days to a couple weeks, you know, depending on how much sugar is there at the beginning and how active the yeast was uh, when it was added. Um, the more sugar, uh, it's going to take a little more time. Um, and it, that beer might actually need more time to kind of meld together to um, some of those bigger beers with a lot of things going on. Um, just need a little extra TLC before they're ready for us uh, greedy consumers. Mm-hmm time yeah similar to the mash where we were looking at certain ranges that that'll give us what we need um the ferment also has similar um temperature ranges so lagers ferment very cold usually around like 50 degrees um and ales they ferment warmer and have a larger range anywhere from 60 to 80 degrees Uh, most will be around like 68 degrees, you know, upper 60s. A lot of the Belgian beers, though, are, are um, fermented at higher temperatures, closer to that 80 degree mark. Um, and you'll notice a kind of a trend. If you think about the lagers you've had, the ales you've had, the Belgian beers you've had, you know, the lagers, they're, they're clean. Um, you don't get a lot of yeast character at all. Um, if you step up into ales, you know, some of those can give you kind of a fruity character, especially you know, English ales. Um, and then if you think about your Belgians, you get a lot of yeast character, a lot of that fruit, sometimes it's like kind of spicy notes. Well, that comes from the yeast. And the higher your temperature, you know, the more uh, the yeast are kind of let to do whatever the heck they want. Um, temperature is able to restrain yeast at, at lower temperatures. It makes them sluggish. They can't do as much. Um, so they, you know, they just kind of, do what they have to do to survive, which is consume that sugar and create alcohol and CO2. So they don't put out as many of these other, in some styles, off flavors, and other styles, exactly what you're looking for, you know, characters of fruitiness and spiciness and that kind of thing. Mm. Once it's uh, fermented out, they package it up in their kegs or bottles or whatever, and we get to drink it. And so that's how beer is made. Nice. Yeah, it seems pretty easy. Yeah, and that, you know that's why I tell a lot of people that are worried about you know, making their own beer. You know, I, can you boil water? Yes, you can make beer. <laughs> it's, it's not overly difficult. I mean, if you can keep things clean and and uh, you know just follow the steps, you'll be fine. So yeah, yeah, and if you have that fancy uh, software that tells you exactly. You know, the times and the amounts and everything, then that really makes it easy too, huh? Yeah, and it's only like 20 bucks, so. 20 bucks? That's a steal. <laughs> yeah. That's a steal. <laughs> All right. Well, excellent, John. Thank you for that uh, overview of the beer brewing process. I hope that all of our listeners now, if you didn't already have an idea of the process, now you understand what is involved in brewing beer. And so when we go and... Uh, you know, talk about different 
portions of uh, of the process. In future episodes, you guys will have an idea of uh, what we're talking about. All right. Well, now it is time for all you listeners out there to go and grab your bottle or six pack of Black Butte Porter and uh, and go ahead and crack it open because it's time for our listener participation tasting notes. I think John is going and getting his beer as we speak. I, I got hear, mine. Okay, I hear bottles. Uh, oh, I hear something. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pop mine open now. Oh, man, I can't get a good pop. Seems like the last three just doesn't get a good pop. I'm just going to let that go. <laughs> you can just let that go. <laughs> All right, John, you got your beer poured? Yes, just about. Okay, so while we're uh, we're nosing our beer, I'll just go ahead and say we're drinking Black Butte Porter. It's by Deschutes Brewery out of Bend, Oregon. And again, this style is a porter. It's 5.2% ABV. IBUs are 30, uh, which isn't too bad. It's, uh, I mean, you're going to have a little bit of higher IBUs when you're having a, a maltier a darker, maltier beer anyways, but it's not too heavy. Uh, I'm drinking from a 12-ounce bottle poured into my Deschutes pub glass. Uh, it's kind of like a, you know, it's a pub glass. It's, it kind of narrows, the, tapers at the bottom and kind of widens at the top. Uh, not like a like a standard pint glass or shaker pint, but like a, I don't know, like a pub glass. Uh, what, do you, what are you drinking What are you drinking yours out of? You have a, what kind of glass are you using? For yours, uh, I'm using my like tapered pint glass. I still haven't figured out. The oh glass. yeah, the Willie uh, Beecher, or whatever Becker. Yeah, yeah, one. yeah. That's but, the that's the same one I'm using. I think is what it's called. It's this is actually an English. It's an English pub glass because it's actually it's a half liter, and you know everything in Europe, everywhere except for the U.S., everything's done in liters, and we're the the dumbasses that use ounces still. So whenever I go over to, like, I just got back from Israel, and everyone's talking in metric system, and 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 I got, you know, kind of try to convert Celsius, Fahrenheit, liters, ounces, you know, meters to miles. It's it's kind of a pain in the ass for me. I just wish we'd all go to the same thing, but that's another subject. So, John, um, looking at this glass, I, I, I'm saying it's a, it's a dark brown color, and if I, if I look... I, you can't really see through it, but if you look at the edges of it, you see that it's kind of got kind of a red tint. What, what do you think? What do you what do you see uh, as the coloring on this beer? Uh, yeah, really dark brown, almost black. Um, my tint is a little orange, but there could be the light in this room. Um, orange. Yeah, you get a, yeah. a bit of a reddish hue. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it could be orange. I just went with red, but you're right. It's got it's got a it's got an interesting hue to it. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I just I I just at first I said it was like black, and then as I was I you know I told you guys I had a few of these today, and as I was drinking more and more, I started noticing that it's not really pitch black, and you know I could actually see this. It's like a deep mahogany, maybe. I mean, that's the color, like a like a mahogany brown with little reddish or orange tints to it. How about your head? Did you have a? Uh, you know, I I had a pretty Decent uh, tan head with small, tiny bubbles. Uh, lasted probably uh, a couple minutes, 
Uh, I had about a one finger head this time. I had two finger head last time. Uh, what do you got on your pour? Uh, I started with about a one and a half finger size head. Uh, mostly tiny bubbles, but some a few larger ones sprinkled in there. Yeah. Um, and I'm already getting some lacing just from the couple sips I've taken. Yeah, yeah, me too. The lacing, the, the lacing is really good on this beer. I mean, it literally goes all the way down to the last drop. I, I mean, it... And that's a sign of a good beer when you have good lacing on on the glass, and a clean glass, <laughs> and a clean glass. Yeah. So yeah. if I had a dirty glass, it wouldn't lace. Not as well. Oh. So. All right. Well, good. I'm glad I'm drinking out of a clean glass then. <laughs> okay. So it's time to uh, to nose our beer. And uh, I'm just going to say that you know my nose is pretty stuffed up right now from all the flying but i i i can uh, smell some cho- some cocoa or chocolate uh with with the toasty malts in there what about you yeah uh chocolate just jumps out yeah um right away um yeah i'm getting a little bit of roast um not really getting any hops or yeast yeah. coming through yeah i i, I didn't it, it didn't seem too complex it pretty much seemed like chocolate with yeah, like the little to- you know, little roasty toastiness to it. Not, not too bad. It doesn't doesn't smell overly strong, right? It's not like it's like a, like a stout or anything. It's not like a a Russian imperial stout where you, you get those sharp, you know, things. It's kind of it's kind of it's kind of nice and mellow, but it's got a nice chocolate aroma. I don't. Know, I would say that it's um, strong and. I mean. You don't have to search for it. It's there. It just it's a more subdued aroma. Like in term, um, it's not aggressive. Yeah, um, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, no, I you definitely don't have to search for it. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I guess I should have been. I should have said aggressive is a good term. Uh, that that's a good term. I wasn't. I was. You could definitely smell the chocolate, but it it wasn't like, you know, the the everything was punching me in the face with, with, uh, you know, with the flavors of of the dark malts but all right how about uh how about the front end what what do you taste when you first take a sip of this so i get the chocolate coming through and that kind of lingers as i as i swallow um almost a little bit of nuttiness hmm. um and i don't think that's my peanut butter porter. I've got a new glass, and I've already taken quite a few sips, and it's still there. Um. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, that could just be a light toasted note or something. Yeah, I. Uh, I get the, you know, I get the dark malts and the chocolate. Um, I don't know. I put it. I put it in my notes. Some coffee, but it's not like strong coffee it's uh, it it may be that you know what it may even be that nutty flavor you're tasting but it's uh let me take another sip yeah i'm not really getting coffee in mine but doesn't mean it's not there the coffee portion comes in the back as i'm swallowing in the back of my or the top the roof of my mouth as i swallow it gives gives me that bitter maybe it's the bitterness that I'm tasting. Mm. So the bitterness. So that's interesting because that's kind of where I'm getting that nuttiness. So oh. I wonder if 
we're just perceiving that differently. Yeah. Well, um, and the, for you, that's coming across more coffee than than for me. It, I th- I think it's because I relate that type of sensation with when I drink coffee. Hmm. Um, and that's why I, I come, you know, that kind of sharp, sharpness or bitterness or whatever that flavor, the flavor that I'm, I, I get, it's like when I drink coffee, that's not hot when it's kind of cools down a little bit, that's what it kind of, it gives me that, that bitterness or the coffee, but it could be something totally different, but it's not, it's not a bad, it's not overpowering either. It's very subtle. Again, just when I was kind of taking that, that swallow. So that's, so that's the fun of drinking beer and talking about it with people because we're both picking something up at the same spot where we're, you know, same spot while we're drinking, the same spot in our mouths, and we're both perceiving it completely differently. <laughs> and, you know, neither one of us is wrong because what we taste is what we taste. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just related to our experiences. Like you said, that's what you get when you, you drink coffee and different things that we've you know, tasted and made those associations with. So mm-hmm. yeah. this is part of the fun with, with doing this kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's a, it, it definitely, it tastes good. I mean, it's uh this is one of my favorite beers. Uh, so the body, um, you know, it's not overly heavy. It's, I, I'm saying it's a medium body, uh, not light, but not heavy. It's kind of just medium, medium to, yeah, just medium. Good mouthfeel. A little bit of a, not a, I don't want to say a film in my mouth, but it, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, it definitely coats the mouth. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it leaves it in my mouth, but not like, you know, not like an oil slick or anything. Just kind of like a, a coating. Uh, pleasant. I mean, it's definitely a, 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 a good beer to drink. It doesn't have any negative connotations to the mouthfeel at all. What What about you? What is your body to this beer? So I, I would, to me, this is more of a medium high body, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause this is, there, there's more to this than a pale ale or an IPA, which is usually what I, that kind of thing is my starting point for a medium body. Um, I think this is a bit fuller than that. Okay. But otherwise, yeah, I pretty much agree with you on the mouth feels. It's very pleasant. Um, is a little, you know, slick with that coating or. Yeah film or however you want to describe it but um it's not unpleasant and just really makes you want to keep drinking it <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah I, I i don't have a problem drinking it in fact i've got like two sips left and this is gone already that's how that's how much i love this beer is i can't keep it in my uh, glass i could easily be at that point <laughs> i'm trying to be really good just to get all the way through the tasting and then it's probably gonna be gone really fast yeah well we're almost done with the tasting so it's okay <laughs> it's okay but yeah i mean it's it's a great beer it's i mean i really i really enjoy it uh the the finish uh toasted toasted or roasted malt to me with the there's a slight sweetness but not like maybe from sugar just like a, a sweetness and then i have that bitterness that i was talking about uh, it sticks around a little bit in the finish, but n- not unpleasant. Just, uh, I mean, just right. I think it's a well-balanced beer. I don't, it's definitely not overly sweet with the malt, and it's definitely not bitter, you know, overly bitter with any of the hops. I think it's, like, very well-balanced, and the finish is very enjoyable with all the flavors that you had in the front, mid, and then the finish is, you know, you just get more of that. How about you? What, how's your finish? 
Uh, yeah, I think it's right down the middle. Um, not a really sweet, not a really bitter, just very pleasant, you know. Um, yeah, I do get a little of that toasted character, toasted bread kind mm-hmm. of thing going on. Um, but yeah, like we just said, it just makes you want to keep drinking it. So yeah, yeah. And with that said, I got one sip left for the, for the final uh, rating here. So, uh, <laughs> so one of the things we always like to do is we like to to, to you know let our listeners know if this is a beer for a new craft beer person, someone who's just getting into the craft beer hobby, whether this is your first beer or, you know, you've already had like, you know, a few craft beers. And I'm going to say that, yes, I think this beer is something I could recommend to someone that's new to craft beer. Um, and someone who's looking to go to the next level, you know, maybe they've tried some pale ales or some, some lagers and stuff, and they want to try something a little darker without going too extreme with the stouts. I think this is very good with someone that's, that's experimenting with craft beer, already has a few of them, you know, under their belt. Uh, great beer for it. So I do recommend for newbies. I would say that if it's your first craft beer that you've ever had, uh, you may want to try something else first because it, 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 although you may thoroughly enjoy it, I don't want, again, any of the flavors you're not used to you know, hurt your, your palate. And you and all of a sudden get a dislike for craft beer. What are your thoughts on this, John? Uh, I think I may disagree with you on the last part. I think this could be a a gateway a beer. Good, almost. I mean, I think a lot of people balk at the bitterness. You know, the that you get more bitterness than than you're used to. But mm-hmm. I don't think this would come across as overly bitter. I think it's mostly malt driven. Yeah. Uh, the malt character that's coming across is chocolate, which is very approachable true, for a lot of people. True. Um, so I, I don't know. I think this could potentially be be right. I don't think this would necessarily turn you away um, if if it was your first. You know, it, it could make you maybe curious about what what else is out there, even if you feel like this one maybe isn't for you. Yeah. Um, but I don't think this is you know, so aggressive in one way or another that that it would be I don't know, off-putting okay. to that degree. No, I, I can agree with you. I'm just basing my opinion on what I've seen so many times, especially with women that are used to drinking Bud Light or something. You know, they're, they're not big beer fans anyway. They drink Bud Light because that's what everyone's given them. If they were to take this beer... It could go. It could be a fifty-fifty thing. They could either really enjoy it, or they could just like shake their head and and spit it out. So that's why I was thinking that you're right. It could be a gateway beer if somebody is really open to the the experience. But if it's someone that's that's still maybe not a beer lover, just a beer drinker, and is used to drinking, you know, lighter beers, might be off-putting. But hey. I think John and I will both say that, yes, this beer is recommended for newbies. So go out and, and try it. And with with that being said, John, I'm going to rate this. This is a highly recommended beer that everyone should either have in their fridge or uh, add to their wish list if you haven't had it before because uh, this is a five-cap rating in my uh, untapped. Uh, well, how about you? How do you rate this beer? Yeah, it's actually been 
a long time since I've had this beer. And when we cracked it open and I started drinking, I was like, man, why did I let myself go this long without getting back to this one? Because it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, definitely go grab it um, if you were, you know, a bad student and didn't go get it for the taste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We won't hold it against you if, if you didn't get a beer <clears throat> and participate. But now you have to, right? Because now you know how good it is. Yeah, now you have marching orders. Go. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Well, John, you have any, anything else to say about this? I don't think so. I'm going to stay quiet while I pretty much finish the rest of my glass. All right. Well, mine is <laughs> mine is finished, so uh, I'm just going to uh, move on, and we're going to go ahead and close out this episode, and uh, mainly because uh, John's got to get ready to for his wife to have his baby and I've got to get some sleep because I'm still jet lagged from my trip that I just got home uh, yesterday afternoon. Um, so we're going to go ahead and we're going to have the opportunity to go ahead and lift our glasses, maybe say a cheers or a toast to some people. John, you have anyone you want to raise your glass to? Uh, we've had some really nice conversations over Twitter with some listeners lately. So thank you for, uh, you know, hitting us up, sending us, you know, interesting articles and, letting us know what you're picking up at the store and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's it's really great seeing uh, everybody really embrace beer and, um, you know, just all around enjoying it. So thank you for listening and thank you for enjoying your beer. Yes, for sure. And you know what? Just on that note, uh, SpongeBobby's, you know, he was able to pick up that Enjoy After beer by Stone. Oh, yeah. And, I should, yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, I was... I, I was shocked that you said you put it in your fridge already. Is that right? Is it in the fridge or just in your I, cellar? It was in the fridge. Um, it was just I had come home and I had to get everything put away quickly so I could go take care of my son and, you know, just put it all in and just didn't even think about it. Okay. And then, yeah, he, he called me out after he'd asked about it. and. <laughs> I have since removed it from the fridge. Okay. It, it is I, I, back under the stairs in my nice, cool okay, area that's, that I used to sell everything. That's so. perfect. That's perfect. Because I, I believe when I read the article a while ago, it said at least for 30 days it should not be chilled because it needs to uh, keep fermenting. If not, you'll have a very bad bottle of beer come one year from now. <laughs> And, and anybody that did stick it in the fridge and is listening to this right now, don't worry about it. Just go get it out, <laughs> let it warm up, um, and even just uh, give it a little uh, twirl, kind of get that uh, yeast, yeast uh, and everything yeah. back up in suspended in yeah. suspension, and you'll be fine. Um, it won't it won't cause a problem. So, so so it's, it, it just kind of went to sleep in the fridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it'll warm back up and start working away yeah so they must have finally released that then when i was gone so now i need to go out and find it i'm off i'm taking tomorrow off because since i didn't get back in till till late i just needed to have another day to kind of recoup before i go back to work so tomorrow i'm gonna make a trip to a couple stores see if i can pick up one or two bottles of that enjoy after Uh, do you have one bottle or, or more than one i just have one um I, I would have picked up two, but my little basket was already really full of beer. And I felt <laughs> guilty. So, All right. Uh, All right. I may see if I can find another one. They actually had quite a few cases when I was there, so I, I may be able to snag another one. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to pick up at least two, and I, I want to 
save one for the year and then one is maybe do another you know another three or four months after that just to see how it tastes a little bit longer uh, just for experiment because I I like to do that kind of thing all right I I also anyone else you want to do a toast to or anything I think that's it for me all right I'm I'm gonna toast you and your wife on the birth of your your son hopefully will come either tomorrow or Tuesday and I'm just lifting my glass early to that and I hope Everything goes smooth, and you guys are able to get some nice rest uh, and not be too overworked with the burden of two children right at the first. <laughs> but, yeah, well, yeah. thank you. We'll, I'm sure we'll find a routine. It'll, it may take a couple of days, but we'll figure it out. Yes, so. yes. And I hope you, you have given some thought to what you're going to name this young child. So I look forward to, to hearing what you chose. And uh, also, I want to also lift my glass and do a toast to my newfound friend in Israel, Ariel Druck from Hadabim Brewing. Uh, I really appreciate your effort to meet up with me, uh, bringing those six beers and letting me enjoy the fantastic beer that you are brewing in Israel. And I really appreciate the hospitality and the good conversation that we had that night. Thank you, Ariel. And uh, I also want to do a thank you to Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show and prov- providing the hosting space at openforumradio.com. And being a former serviceman, I want to raise my glass and thank all those who have served and who are currently serving in the U.S. military services, protecting our freedoms. I hope those deployed are able to return home safely very soon. And if you would like to contact the show, you can reach us through email at tapthecraft at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter at tapthecraft, or leave comments on the show post on openforumradio.com or Google+. Plus. Just search for Tap the Craft. And you can follow me personally on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at Loose Screw, and on Google+, Plus at Denny Loose. And John, how can listeners follow you? So on Twitter, at Prime Brewing on untapped at prime wa and i write about my home brewing and beer stuff over at homebrewengineer.com and there's an article over there now about this uh, peanut butter porter if anybody's interested and excellent want to check it out so. all right sounds good all right well it's last call and it's time to bring the show to a close we want to thank you for downloading and listening to the show we hope you were able to find something useful and we welcome you to subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. And just a reminder, we release a show every two weeks. And that's it for this episode. Now remember, friends don't let friends drink light yellow fizzy beer. Quality craft beer can be enjoyed by all. So spread the word and convert the beer ignorant. Hey, it's Shaver from Open Forum Radio here. I want to go ahead and take a second to say thank you for checking out this episode of Tap the Craft. And I would like to encourage each of you to check out some of the other shows that we have here on the Open Forum Radio Podcast Network. Uh, we'll start it off with the original Open Forum Radio, The 40 Cast, Prove Your Point, Geeks for the Win, I Recommend, My Peanut Gallery, The Married Gamers, Some Other Castle, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gamers Unscripted, Just Press Start, Platform Junkies, 
and Chopper's on the mic. Hey, be cool. Give a great review to all the shows you like on iTunes, Podbay, Stitcher, everywhere you can give reviews. Review every show five times, and you are officially a good listener. Also, go ahead and visit openforumradio.com. Links to all the different shows. Uh, like the Open Forum Radio Facebook page. And uh, take a second, if you like playing games online and with people and are cool, to uh, go ahead and look at Zabari's Gamer Information Spreadsheet. Fully useful information that will do nothing but enhance your online gaming experience. All right, folks, take it easy. Have a good day.